Hi, welcome to Real Talk with Lori and Linda. This is our very first podcast, and we are very excited to be here with you today. My name is Lori Brodigam, and I am a personal trainer and a health coach. And I've also been an entrepreneur for 10 years now. And Linda. Oh, this is so exciting, Lori. I'm so happy to be here. And um, yes, my name is Linda Watson, and I'm a health coach and a functional medicine practitioner. And uh, if you don't know what that is, we look for the root cause. It's a fabulous, uh, wonderful, up-and-coming alternative medicine. And I'm also an entrepreneur as well. So we decided to get together and give you the real talk on what's happening in the world. And our vision is, is to empower entrepreneurial women who are concerned with their health, the health of their loved ones, to make the best decisions based on science and the most factual information to date. Because these days, as you know, Lori, there's just a lot of stuff out there and it's so hard to wrap our heads around what is the truth. So we want to peel that onion back for you. We want to get to really what, what is going on. And we provide a lot of science and a lot of facts. So you know that the information we're going to share is going to be on point. So today, we're going to be talking about masks and why masks. <laughs> why? So... Um, they weren't suggested in the beginning, Lori, right? You know, why now? Why now? And, and I have concerns, and I know you have concerns too. So let's start with some of the concerns. Sure. So I know that some of our concerns, and these may be your concerns as well, are our own respiratory health. So we want to make sure that we know that wearing a mask or not wearing a mask is healthy for our breathing, also for our kids, and if you have grandchildren, their health, health as well. Really, really important. And some health ramifications too, like, for example, exercise. Should we be exercising with a mask on or not? And also ramifications for kids. Um, Linda, would you like to speak about that a little? Sure. So um, one of the things of the concerns, like with the respiratory health, too, is this, there's, a, there's studies out there that um, show that wearing a mask will lower your heart rate. It just does. And um, if you are doing anything, like including exercise, you could faint and you could possibly get injured. But lowering your heart rate is not a good thing, especially if you're driving. It can throw you into uh, an arrhythmia. It can throw you into you know, a fainting spell. And so that is one of the, the biggest concerns as far as, and this is factual, um, this is factual, that it lowers your heart rate and it can cause, um, one of the uh, concerns is heart attack and stroke when you lower your heart rate too much. So um, when now for children, there's such a huge concern with children. Children are growing. Their bodies are developing at a rapid, rapid pace. And it is very concerning with some studies that are coming out that just show how uh, vulnerable children can be to, to mask wearing. And one of them is, uh, for instance, physically, there's study out there that shows when children between the ages of five and seven are wear masks for a long period of time, 
their ears actually uh, can protrude. It could make, it can cause for protruding ears. Now that's a physical uh, distortion of a child's face that I don't think parents would want. Um, that is something that is really doctors are concerned about because their ears, um, which should be lying closer to the head, can be pointing out. And that is like a physical uh, malformation. Um, and you don't want your child to have anything like that. Um, and some other things for children as far as wearing a mask uh, is the, act, the fact that children, because they're growing, they need to understand facial recognition. And studies show that children learn from their mother's faces from the very beginning. The very beginning, they learn from their mother's faces. But as children grow, they're also learning from their peers. They're learning from their, uh, their friends, their family, uh, anybody, strangers, people they come in contact with. And what are they learning? They're learning about their um, sadness. They're learning about disgust, surprise, anger. Not just happy and sad, but all of these fleeting little emotions that come across people's faces. Children are learning. And happy and happiness is one that children recognize pretty fairly easily. But the others take years to learn. And studies are showing that children who can identify, who, who can identify fearful faces, they are uh, more empathetic adults, they're more kind and more generous. Could you imagine if your child who has to wear a mask for even a year, you know, even if we do this for a year, and they don't pick up these subtle cues that we could be making children who are not as empathetic, they're not, they're not as caring, because they can't read people's uh, facial cues. It's such an important human, human, important um, distinction that we can read faces. We can't read a mask Ch and children can't read a mask. So all those little subtleties are, are going to uh, impair that. And other studies are showing that children who can't read facial cues are not as successful in life. So why would we want to do this to our kids? So that's some of the big, those are some of the big things for me with children, apart from the fact that children who are running around outside need to be breathing fresh air. They also need to be forming a healthy microbiome, which is the gut bacteria you have, which helps your immunity. <laughs> so if you are wearing a mask all day and using hand sanitizer, which is another thing, our body, their bodies and ours are not able to fight infection in the long run. You know, our microbiome is 75% uh, of our immune system lies in our gut. And if we disturb the balance of bacteria in it, it's going to cause health problems in the future. It could cause immediate health problems, but it is also going to cause future health problems. Health problems we can't know about, but we know are going to happen in some form. We know this. We just can't say what it's going to be for each individual child. So if we try to strip our children of all bacteria because we're so afraid 
we are doing our children such a huge disservice, a, a huge one. And, and that, that is really my passion. What I'm really concerned about is the long term. What are we doing to our children? Absolutely. I would also like to add in that I remember when my children, who are now grown, both Linda and I have children that are grown, and I remember when they were babies, how important it was for them to look at us as parents and recognize what a smile means, right? Babies smile because the moms smile, and we're with our children more than anyone else, unless they're going into daycare. And so the facial recognition for babies is so, so important. And also, um, as the children grow, preschoolers, right? If, if we're walking around with masks on, or we're taking our children out to do errands, or, you know, hopefully going to the park and things, the, the kids should be able to see adults facial expressions for all the reasons that you mentioned, Linda. And also I wanted to talk about how when we do wear a mask, we are, uh, the oxygen levels cannot possibly be the same as without a mask on. So I know a lot of pe people, including children, have been experiencing headaches. And Part of that must be due to, I would think, a combination of a lack of oxygen as well as breathing in our own carbon dioxide, which is not the way we are designed to breathe. And so that, did you want to that's say right. something? That's right. No, that's absolutely right. We weren't designed to do that. And, and Lori, when we are breathing out, we breathe in, we breathe in oxygen for our body so it gives us energy. When we breathe out, we are breathing out not only the carbon dioxide, we're also breathing out little min, min, minuscule uh, bacteria, fungus. We're, we're breathing that out. That is also, it's, our lungs are a detoxification organ. So when we breathe out, we're breathing out the bad. But if that is getting attached to the mask, which it is, we are breathing back in some bacteria. And there have been some lung infections that have um, been reported because of the use of the mask. Because first of all, we're touching our masks way too much because we have to adjust them. We have to move them around. We just have to do it because they don't fit right. They hurt our ears, they're chafing our skin. They're, and so you're touching them. So you've got a lot of bacteria on your mask. Then you're getting the bacteria that you're breathing out. And guess what you got? You have a, somebody, somebody called it a dirty diaper on your face. A dirty diaper, you're wearing a dirty diaper on your face. And that's disgusting. You're breathing, your lungs can't take a lot of bad bacteria. So, you know, you're just setting yourself up for pneumonia, for lung infections. I'll give you a quick story. My, um, my brother-in-law and his son, they love to go scuba diving. And one time they took a trip and they, uh, they used this service at the hotel, which they always have to, to go scuba diving. When they got home, they, had very, they both got very bad lung infections. Why? Because they were using a mask that they obviously didn't clean properly, and they were breathing in bacteria. So this is not a joke. This is, the, this is what happens. I was talking to my brother the other day. We were, I was talk, telling him about this. I was like, you have to clean your mask. He wears a cloth mask. Lori, he doesn't wash it. He just goes, he leaves it in his car, he throws it on. When he goes to the store, he puts it on. 
that thing has got to be a dirty diaper, you know? And this is what a lot of people are doing. They're not, they're not cleaning their masks. Are you killing, kidding me? Especially moms. They're not going to be washing that mask every time. They've got too much other things to do. This is a, a big concern. Right. But even when they do wash the masks, the fibers start to break down. So they're not going to be as effective. And so that's regarding a cloth mask. But the other masks are supposed to be disposable and only used once. And, and when you touch many, it, you throw it out. Right. And how many people do you see hanging them on their rear view mirrors now? And who knows where else they are in their cars? And so there's bacteria coming from all these different places, not to mention like what you said, where the masks are always being moved around. If you have a scratch on your face, then you're, you're introducing more bacteria than people realize. And yeah, it really is a big issue. So um, something else I wanted to touch on was for anybody, whether they're children or adults, that are hearing impaired in any way. It's so important for them to be able to lip read. Yes. So important. Absolutely. Because and with the mask on, you can't see that. You can't see the facial expressions. You can't, that these people are not able to understand anything. And even if you're not hearing impaired, it's really difficult to hear a lot of people because of all the mumbling and jumbling you, you can't hear the words effectively. And so in the workplace as well, things can happen in the workplace. And if someone is not able to hear somebody properly, people are going to be getting injured. Absolutely. That's a great point. Yeah, and I was just thinking as you were saying that, what about the child in the back of the classroom, you know, who can't hear the teacher properly? What about their grades? What about if you can't hear? It's just crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really, it is crazy. Um, so let's see. Isn't it funny, Lori, that it seems like such a simple thing, like wear a mask, protect your neighbor, protect yourself. But look at all of this huge, hugeness that comes out, the ramifications that can come out of, of making a decision to wear a mask for long periods of time. It's really scary. Yeah, or to not wear a mask. So right. when you're out and about, when you see people who are not wearing a mask, or if you're not wearing a mask, there's this huge divisiveness that is happening because of some people's very strong and firm beliefs about wearing a mask because they're afraid or because they have a, a justified health condition that they, they absolutely want to protect themselves. But then you have the other side of the coin where there are people who don't want to wear one at all. And because of that, there's a lot of divisiveness going on with people who are justifiably afraid versus the other side of the coin. And that also is creating some major issues with a lot of people and not nice things being said etc so exactly and that's that's another sad part is that if you choose to not wear a mask for whatever reasons personal or physical you are actually apprehended you can be apprehended in stores and treated rudely and even customers have been 
uh, it's been shown that, you know, I think there was actually a, an assault here in Connecticut where uh, somebody physically touched another person because they weren't wearing a mask and they were so fearful and so angry and agitated. Um, so in Connecticut, well, there's been a lot of issues and me and Lori belong to a couple of groups that, you know, where people are giving their experiences and, and, and it's kind of disheartening, don't you think? It's a little disheartening that our neighbors would actually, you know, call you out if you're not wearing a mask. So, so that's another good point. It's like, there's such a, it's so divisive. Yeah, not to mention the fact that when you do go in some stores, you you won't even some places won't even let you in without a mask and if they do then a lot of times what can happen is the customers themselves can create you know not not very nice things can be said to people so it really has become a problem and um then we have the whole uh kind of legal thing and we definitely want to touch on that. So we, yeah. we've done some research and we've pretty much found that masks don't prevent the spread of the virus. And we have a lot of resources that we want to share with you. So starting with the New England Journal of Medicine, they actually say that we know that wearing a mask outside healthcare facilities offers little, if any, protection from infection. That's huge. Yeah. And then, so we live in Connecticut. So the Connecticut Department of Health, their site directs you right to the CDC site, which says a cloth face covering may not protect the wearer, but it may keep the wearer from spreading the virus to others. So neither one of those are conclusive at all. Um, then the FDA speaks about surgical masks and they say that a surgical mask is a loose fitting and that's what a lot of people are wearing those light blue ones with the those are light blue and white with the elastic that goes around your ears and they say a surgical mask is a loose fitting disposable device that creates a physical barrier between the mouth and nose of the wearer and potential contaminants in the immediate environment and then they say that surgical masks do not provide complete protection from germs and other contaminants because of the loose fit between the surface of the, mask, of the face mask and your face. Also, they're calling them surgical respirators and masks, so uh, not to confuse you with terms, but the surgical masks are labeled as single-use or disposable devices, as we were just saying. So really important to understand that these resources are quoted. I'm reading the actual quotes off of these sites. And so, so far, we don't have any conclusive evidence that wearing these masks actually protect us or other people. Right. And... Mm -hmm. And according to the CDC, there is no scientific evidence for healthy people wearing masks in numerous studies on their site. There's no conclusive evidence, no studies that support masks that protect us at all. All of the time, they say more research is needed, more studies are needed, requires further study, asymptomatic 
symptomatic transmission, pre-symptomatic modes have not been definitively documented for COVID-19, which is important. This is a novel virus, so we don't know. Another level of uncertainty uh, to all of these estimate, estimations. So everything that they are requiring are guidelines because they just don't know. But what concerns us from what we were, have been speaking about is the fact that we are making some very real policy decisions based on unknowns, best guesses. When you, know, when you do a double-blind study, there's a control. You have a control. And, uh, and that is what is studied against. And if you don't have that, then you're just making a guess. Just you're like, I, there was a, um, a researcher out in, in China who was uh, doing, I think it was the hamster one that um, they determined that cloth masks are effective. This, this wasn't a double blind study. There was no control. We don't know what type of fabric this person used. We don't know what type of cloth. We don't know anything. All we know is that there was this mask that this, uh, fabric that was put across a cage with a few hamsters and they blew some bacteria through it and it it seemed that the the hamsters didn't catch whatever so based on that that was their reasoning for saying cloth masks are effective that if if you based a, a drug study off of something like that and then gave it out to the american people <laughs> could you imagine the the um the horror that would ensue if you gave drugs that were based on a flimsy study with no control and no double blind this is what i mean this is basically what we're doing is giving a drug to people with absolutely no idea what we're doing yeah there's no science behind any of this and these are rec recommendations they're they're guidelines. They're not, there's no law and mandates are actually not laws. So all of right. these governors who have been creating these mandates saying that we have to wear masks inside and now even outside, they're, they're not laws, but people are not understanding that. They're, they're taking this information thinking that it is a law and laws, laws when they're created, they go through a long process. They're not just uh, decided in one day and then the information is out there for everybody to follow. It takes weeks, if not months, for laws to be created. So we need to be really clear here that these are not laws. Yes, very clear because it's, it's, very, it's confusing to a lot of people. Absolutely. Now, going back to a, a, couple, a month or so ago, Dr. Anthony Fauci said regarding uh, a video that was on May 10th, um, and we can provide you with all this documentation. We have links for everything that we can provide you with, but this video back on May 10th, uh, Dr. Fauci said people should not be walking around wearing masks. Masks do not provide the protection people think they do. Well, we're at the beginning of July now, and this, May 10th was not that long ago. So why is it that now, all of a sudden, we're required to wear these masks? And here's another one. Uh, a, a neurosurgeon by the name of Dr. Russell Blaylock, he said, he warns that not only do face masks fail to protect the healthy from getting sick, but they also create serious health risks to the wearer. The bottom line is that if you are not sick, you should not wear a face mask, is what this neurosurgeon is saying. 
So that's pretty serious if we're hearing this from an MD. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And these are not, these are very um, distinguished uh, doctors too. Absolutely. We had touched upon this before, but in Columbia University, the psychological harm of face masks. So they, they quote, many young children burst into tears or recoil when someone, wear, when someone wearing a mask approaches. By putting on masks, we're taking away information that makes it especially difficult for children to recognize others and read emotional signals, which is unsettling and disconcerting. And this leads to another point. When, as you know, me and Lori both have uh, grown children, but when they were young, our fear, as with many, um, many parents, is stranger danger, right? And um, when you put on a mask, just like Columbia University says, we're taking away valuable information. If your child can't understand these subtle cues, these facial cues that are fleeting, they could be very fleeting. It's just such a mystery how you know our eyes can pick up little, little things. But if you take that away from your child, if you could take that away, first of all, if, if your child was, at, um, was, was getting picked up uh, to go home and there was somebody from a mask with a mask on and they didn't really know who that was or they couldn't really tell. I mean, that's, that's something that could be difficult, but, but that whole thing about not knowing a stranger and their, that look, something in a, a, a position where a child may have felt uncomfortable if they weren't wearing a mask, but has no idea if they should be uncomfortable because the person has a mask on. That, that is very scary. Absolutely. And also, I would like to add that these children are learning every single day. And if they are only seeing people most of the time with masks on, versus masks off, this is part of their developmental stage. So over a period of time, this, this is extremely impressionable on children. And I just can't see this going on long-term because these kids are, like you said, Linda, they're just not going to be, pick, be able to pick up on these subtle cues that we all know about because we, we always were able to see faces. Yeah. Yes. It, it's, it seems like a little thing. It's massively huge. It's a massively huge deal. Absolutely. It's how we have survived as species is picking up social cues. That's what it is. We're social beings. We need social interactions. We need to see people in full, like what, what they're doing, what they're, what they're seeing, the eyes or the windows of the soul, but their facial expressions um, are just invaluable children need to to see this um so yeah i think our very vulnerable um the uh demographic is the children it's definitely the kids and uh you know it, that is such a shame um and then to go along again with what we were talking about not being effective the u.s surgeon general jerome adams he even posted on twitter masks are not effective in preventing the general public from catching coronavirus i mean how many more things do we need to hear, Lori? I don't know. It's, uh, it's very evident here that there's no science behind these masks working. So the question is, why are we wearing them 
if there's no science. Absolutely. And even the World Health Organization, um, they, they say a few things. They said people should not wear masks when exercising as masks may reduce the ability to breathe comfortably. That seems like a no brainer, but how many people are you seeing jogging with masks on Lori? I mean, it's just not healthy. Again, that whole breathing in and out of oxygen and you're not getting it and you're breathing back in bacteria and it's like, oh my gosh, it's just awful. Sweat can make the mask become wet more quickly, which is also another breeding ground for germs and microorganisms. The important preventive measure during exercise is to maintain physical distance at least one meter from others. So we have a lot of, um, and Lori, I know you can speak to this because you're a personal trainer. Absolutely. So as a trainer, huh, this is kind of making me crazy. The gyms have recently opened up here in Connecticut and they are not only requiring you to wear masks, but there's no air conditioning on right now either. So they only have fans going. And this, this information is extremely conflicting because we read you some information right just a moment ago about the WHO saying that people should not be wearing masks when ex exercising as masks may reduce the ability to breathe comfortably. But yet here in Connecticut, you cannot get into a gym or at least my local gym, without having your temperature taken, and they're requiring you to wear a mask. Now, I was going to this gym for the last couple of years, and I'm not going right now. I, I'm, I'm not reactivating my membership. I refuse to go there while I not only have to wear a mask, but there's no air conditioning, which then makes you even hotter and so uncomfortable. And to me, it just... It's not healthy at all for anybody, and especially people who are older. Uh, very, very unsafe for them, you know, not to mention the fact that so many people are getting headaches and not feeling well, actually almost feeling like they're going to pass out, a lot of them. I know I've, I've spoken to other people who have felt that way. Uh, one of my friends that I was speaking to last week said that in the beginning she was actually in the grocery store so there was air conditioning in there but she was wearing a mask and after about 10 or 15 minutes she just started feeling very sick and she went outside she was shopping with her husband she went outside and as soon as she got outside she started to feel better because she was able to take her mask off but that's just an inside situation i mean being being inside exercising with a mask on and having no air condition that's air conditioning that's taking it taking things to a whole nother level and like we were also saying before about breathing in your own carbon dioxide which we know you're expelling toxins but then they're not able to get away from you and you're just breathing them in continuously so very very unhealthy uh it's situation here very, it's a very scary situation for, for very many people. And a lot of these things are going underreported. Not many people, like for instance, my daughter, she works in the front lines. She's not a nurse, she's a um, music therapist, but she has to be there every day. Um, and she has to wear a mask all the time. So she's wearing a mask almost, what is it? Eight to 10 hours a day, because she works late sometimes too. And 
she was telling me that because she has to, she can't really touch her mask. And if she does, she has to throw it out. And then she has to get another one that she's not drinking enough either. Right. So that's a big problem. If you're walking around, you really don't want to touch your mask because you're in a sort, sort of a hospital situation um, where there's vulnerable people you are more inclined to not drink anything because you don't want to touch your mask. And because of the cost, you don't want to have to use another one. Right. So, um, so she had gotten a migraine the other day. Uh, and, um, she called me up the other day and she had vertigo. She's never, ever had that in her life ever. And I'm like, take the damn mask off, sorry, and drink water and make sure you take it off. And if you have to put a new one on, you've got to take breaks during the day. You just have to. So these are, these are the things that are very real issues. And um, they, like with children in schools, are they going to be having that hydration break if they have to wear masks all day? Will they avoid doing things because they don't want to have to take their mask off because then they have to get another one? You think these are little problems, but they're huge. As we know, dehydration is huge. My daughter could have gotten very hurt because she was walking down the hall and all of a sudden she was struck with major vertigo. She could have, she could have fallen, hit her head. And th this is the kind of thing that we're seeing in the news too. Yeah, more and more. So we would like to uh, provide you with some resources, some things that we have been referencing ourselves. And if you go to thehealthyamerican.org, uh, Peggy Hall provides you with an abundance of resources and information regarding masks and the CDC and OSHA. She's on YouTube as well. You can follow her there. She has created so much information. So I highly recommend you checking her out. And then Linda, would you like to speak a little bit about PubMed? Because I know you uh, check, you, go ahead. Sure, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. PubMed is just a resource for anybody uh, and it shows you studies, published studies, peer reviewed studies. Um, so you can type in the search bar what you're looking for and up's gonna come uh, many studies relating to your search things. So there's a, a lot of information on masks um, I'll, that's where I got a lot of my information from. So you can just go there and uh, look for great studies on anything. Uh, it's a very good research um, I, tool. Um, what I do for my clients is sometimes the information can be very, very intricate. And it's very hard to read a study if you don't know what you're doing, but you can always scroll down and look at the conclusion of the study. And that's really pretty much written in layman's terms, but you get the idea, you'll get the idea even as you're reading these studies, but it's a great way to go to get the actual source. Um, now uh, also, you can also go directly to your governor's Facebook page. That's where you're going to get the actual information. Your governor is, is giving out for your particular state. Um, I also like the White House uh, Facebook page, which is also gonna give you great information, uh, factual information, because that's what we're about. We wanna give you the facts, you know? There's a lot of sites out there. There's a lot of um, you know, sites that are not factual. They're more um, driven toward emotion and panic, and we don't wanna do that. We don't wanna feed into the already growing amount of panic out there. So check that out too. So your governor's 
Facebook page, the White House Facebook page. You can also go to whitehouse.gov. That's going to give you all the policies, all the actuality information from CDC, the WHO, and what the White House is doing in response to the information there. So those are some good sites people can go to. Definitely. I go right to those, directly to those resources myself, because I notice that the news twists many, many things, and they don't give you the full picture. They'll give you a little clip, but they won't give you everything that you need to watch. So if you go to your governor's Facebook page and you watch him speak personally, and you go to the, face, the White House Facebook page, and you watch the president and his administration speak personally, and then you go and you check that out with your news, whether it's local news or the national news, quite often it is extremely different. So I encourage you to do both and really see how much things are skewed because they are. <laughs> right, and, and you know, Lauren, you cannot make an educated decision when you don't have the facts. If you don't have the facts, you're basing your decisions off of emotion and groupthink. And that's what we're trying to, to really break through, is to provide you with the actual uh, information so you can make the best decision for yourself and for your family. Absolutely, and going directly to the source, there is no better way. No better way. So we, we would like you to uh, take some action steps or uh, allow you to take some, some action steps. And number one would be to do your own research. And we just kind of touched on that. Um, so these resources are great ways for you to at least give it a start. Um, you may find some other things on your own as well, but also going to your state website and searching for the health department. You can also go to your town website and search for your health department. And basically what you're going to find there is usually they're called guidelines because again, these are not laws. They are guidelines that you can follow. So those are important. And then we would love for you to share this podcast with anyone who you know can benefit. And um, Linda, would you like to let everyone know where they can find you? Sure. Um, we're so happy you joined us. I hope you got a lot of information out of it. Um, we always love feedback. So you can follow me at Empower, Empower for Health LLC on Facebook or on my Instagram handle, at Linda Watson Health Coach. Excellent. And yes, we would love to hear from you. And you can find me at Lori A. Brodigam on Facebook and on Instagram at Lori Brodigam. Amazing. I'm so excited that we were able to do this look for us in future episodes. We'll be talking about information that's relevant to you and to your family. And as usual, we always provide the facts, right, Lori? Absolutely. It's been a pleasure, and we look forward to uh, future episodes together, everyone. Bye-bye. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.